On the first Bible study tonight, we want to talk about what appears to be a significant problem in religious organizations across the board. Young people are leaving. So we want to ask the question, why are young people leaving the church? We want to review a, uh, a survey that suggests what some of the reasons are, and we want to think about those reasons and comment on them. We're going to talk about why young people are leaving the church on the virtual Bible study tonight. Stay tuned. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and this is the virtual bible study for thursday night march the 24th 2022 my name is greg gwynn uh welcome to the virtual bible study tonight with me tonight is josh mccord josh thanks for being here to help us out in this important study glad to be here looking forward to it and behind the board kyle barnes kyle thanks for being there as always to help us out on the technical end of getting this out on the internet it's always good so uh we found a, an article in Christianity Today. I found it in several other places, too, apparently quoting from Christianity Today. And it just the title of the article is Top Reasons Young People Are Leaving the Church. I added a link to that article on our update that we sent out earlier today. But I just want to give you a few highlights uh, that suggest that this is a significant problem. According to the survey reported in Christianity Today, of Americans between 23 and 30 years old said they stopped attending church on a regular basis for at least least a year after turning 18. Well, that's pretty significant. Two-thirds of all Americans quit attending church at least for a year after after they turned 18. Now, a potential upside to that is that historically about two-thirds of the dropouts return to services once they get older. Uh, so that, that, that may be a positive to consider. But then they listed several reasons uh, why young people are leaving the church. And we will, this will sort of serve as the basis of our study tonight. Moving for college remains the top reason young people stop attending church. Take note of that. We'll comment. Other reasons included a perception that church members were hypocritical. 32% of them said that. 29% said they had a disconnect with church life. 24% said there was a lack of student ministry opportunities. 25% said they had disagreements with their church's stance on political and social issues. And this contributed to their uh, their decision to stop attending. And they mentioned specifically race and homosexual rights. They differed with what their church stood for on those issues. Uh, A lot of the ones who quit said that they said churches are predictable cultures. Excuse me. 
predictable clusters of politically like-minded people. And apparently young people don't like that. Uh, young people, some temporarily, some permanently, are moving outside of churches to find a cohort that shares their political and spiritual beliefs. Uh, only 14% said their school o- obligations actually kept them from church, and 24% said their work responsibilities prevented them from going. Overall, church attendance peaks at age 15, with more than three-quarters of young people regularly attending services. But but by the time those same kids reach 18, it takes a nosedive. And by 19, only four out of ten former regular church attenders were still in the habit of attending church services. Uh, interestingly, and we'll comment some about this, young people don't want hip pastors. Uh, matters of worship and preaching were not dominant factors inspiring young people to leave the church. Only 13% said they left because the worship style was unappealing, and only 10% said they left because the sermons were not relevant to their life, which I'm surprised about. Uh, so we'll comment on all of that. So that's a that's a recent survey reported in Christianity Today. Actually, the survey was conducted by LifeWay Research. Based upon those uh, observations, we ask these questions to our update list. We always tell you if you're not on our update list, get on it by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Simply put on the in the subject line, maybe add me to the list, and we will do that. So number one question, comment on these reasons given by young people for leaving the church. Left home and moved to college. Perception that church members are hypocritical, disconnect with church life, lack of student ministry opportunities, disagreement over the church's stance on political and social issues such as race and homosexual rights, school obligations and or work responsibilities. Number two, do you think that more programs for young people is the answer to this problem? And number three, what can we do to prevent our young people from losing their faith? All right. I hope everybody who's listening would agree that that all of those things are those are important questions to ask. Wouldn't you think so, Josh? Sure. I mean, we're always concerned about the church of tomorrow. We think about the church at this place at College View 20, 30 years from now. Is there going to be a group of God's people meeting here if we you know, lose all young people? Then we're going to be struggling. And so uh, I've seen that happen in, in churches that I've been a part of. Uh, and so... You've got to be concerned about young people and making sure they're staying faithful. And so I think, you know, a lot of responsibilities on them, but some's on parents and us as, yeah. as other people to be good examples to them. I think we can learn some things from these these reasons that they gave why they were why they were leaving the church. Let's just take the first one. The ma- uh, the, the the main reason stated for why they quit attending church service is because they left home and moved to college. Now. There's a there's something implied in that, Josh, that the reason why they were going to church was because they were at home and their parents expected right. them to go, and that they weren't going on on their own initiative. They weren't going because they had a deep felt conviction. They were not devoted to the Lord, and once they were away from home, 
it was easy for them to stop. It tells me that parents are not getting their 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 kids grounded in the faith and devoted and committed to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you get out of the oversight, you just just stop going without any question or even thinking twice about it. Yeah, that's a major problem. Yeah. Uh, for a number of years, I preached in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, of course, Knoxville, Tennessee is the home of the University of Tennessee. And so every fall when the new school term started, we would get some parents showing up with their son or daughter who were new students at UT. Uh, and uh, so we, we always we always put forth a really strong effort to to meet and to know these kids and and to offer our help and assistance to them. But it was inevitably true that there would be one or more of those kids who would not show up again. They came with their parents on that first Sunday when school was just starting. They wouldn't come again. And then out of the blue, they would show up on a Wednesday night. And you thought, I know what's about to happen. Sunday, they came with their parents. So they came on Wednesday night so that when they came on Sunday, we would not say, hey, where have you been? We haven't seen you. <laughs> they were trying to, they were sort of trying to hedge, hedge against the, 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 statement being made to their parents that they weren't attending church. But all of that is so troubling when, when, it's, when you, it suggests to us that the kids don't have any deep conviction of their own. Yeah. Well, it's tough. You know, I, I was thinking about these things. You know, I, I moved off and went to college. There's a lot of a lot of things going on at one time there. You sort of get a little bit of freedom when you're out from under, you know, the, your parents' roof. But but to the point that you made, if, if you're not grounded, then there's going to be a major issue. But if you are grounded, then it's it's, I don't know, business as, as usual. You know, I, I've got things to do. I've got a little bit more freedom, but I'm going to handle, I'm going to take care of my business. I'm going to go to church. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to find a faithful well, congregation to worship with. And uh, it is just a fact of the matter that kids who quit attending church services, when they get, when they are able to make their own decisions, it simply tells us that the parents have not taught them appropriate spiritual priorities. You know, Jesus said famously in John, or excuse me, Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These kids have not been taught to seek first the kingdom of God. And uh, I, I tell you, I, I think it's an indictment of the kids, but it's a, it's a serious indictment of the parents. And I, I would also say that it, it is likely says that as local congregations, we we potentially aren't getting the job done either. We're not getting the kids really grounded in the faith and devoted to the Lord. And so all of that says that, that, that there needs to be a lot of attention paid there, that we, we have got to be looking to these kids and their needs. Yeah, well, you know, my kids are young right now, but it, these, things, these things really cause me to think I've got a big responsibility. I mean, all, yeah. already to think they're going to they're gonna grow up one day and they're going to make decisions on their own. And if I don't set them up for success, then then that's on me. I yeah. mean, I've got to do my part. What a great responsibility we have yeah. as parents. You know, I, I think back in my own case, uh, uh, and I don't know, I, I don't know what the I don't know what the formula is, but I know when I went off to college, I never once thought about not going to church services Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So I don't know what my parents did. I, I I've tried to think back. What was <laughs> what was the the formula? What was the what was the pattern? that they instilled in me and i don't know what it was but i i'm grateful mm-hmm. that that 
they and and the congregation where I grew up, a, a combination of efforts uh, had instilled in me. I have I have a responsibility here. I got to fulfill it, yeah. and it's not just because mom and dad are looking over my shoulder, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm grateful for that, and and I think that's what we've got to be really. Parents have got to be perceptive that this is a problem. Uh, I'm really concerned that parents are just sort of wandering along through their children's adolescence and not making serious analysis of. How are they doing spiritually? You know, if my kid's not doing well spiritually, and I can see that, then I better not be letting him go off to university. You know, maybe I, maybe I need to put my foot down and say, no, you, you stay here. You, you go yeah. to community college. You, you work with us at home. Uh, we don't think you're ready for that. Right. Uh, I, I don't know any parents doing that, but they ought to do that if, if they have any perception that their kids are not rooted and grounded in the faith. Yeah, I agree. It scares me to think about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, parenting is a scary proposition. Oh, yeah. It just is. Kyle, any thoughts? Yeah, it's it's nothing we've not said before about, you know, parents. Like when you go on vacation, are you planning your vacation around our local church? I mean, are you are you making time? I mean, are you when uh, when the schools, when class is out for the summer, are you going to are you going to school? Are you going taking going to church then? I mean, it's just I'm not a parent, but we have to think about these things. And the future of the church depends upon parents and what we act and how we behave now our own attitudes your own attitudes towards church so you're saying yeah and i think you i i I picked up on what you were saying there kyle you're suggesting that the the kids have probably seen some compromising on the part of their parents and that compromising spirit uh they learn that real fast yeah Yeah, i've tried to make the point a lot of times parents can do the right things a hundred times in a row but if they do it, if they make just one blunder, that one blunder registers far more significantly than the hundred times in a row they did the right thing, yeah. and that's that's really scary. And, and so, parents, you got to stay on top of your game all the time. Yeah. Uh, Kent down in Calhoun, Georgia, said, uh, "In many situations, the home has failed young people by not properly teaching them adequately the scriptures." In addition. Uh, of failing to address issues relating to biblical apologetics and evidences. It all comes down to this point. The home is not accomplishing what God would have it to do in many instances. And this results in young people not being prepared to handle properly issues that they face in college. I think that's really right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Kent is right, too, uh, on the fact that one of the things that really needs to be stressed is biblical apologetics and evidences, not just what we believe, but why we believe what we believe. What's the evidence that supports what we believe? And if I'm fully convinced, I mean absolutely, completely convinced that there's a God in heaven, that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son, and that the Bible is his inspired word, if I'm convinced completely of that based upon serious study of the evidences, then I'm not going to I'm not going to turn my back on yeah. it. Not but just it, a book of suggestions. You know, yeah. That would be a good idea to do, but yeah. no, it's commands of God, and this is what he wants us to do, how he wants us to live. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Dwight out in Iowa says, I've heard that going off to school or the military or anything that takes a child away from their normal home life can be difficult, but I've always believed that our kids have the best chance of remaining a faithful Christian. The best chance they have is to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 6, verse 4. 
When we raise children, it's essential as parents to be consistent with them in all things. Many of today's youth are very interested in experimenting with social things like drinking and dancing and sex and drugs. But if while they are young, very young, we as parents teach them of the sin uh, of, of, of the sin and problems that go along with these things, they have a better chance of not falling from the Lord. However, if we as parent, however, if we are parents that identify that it say, identify as saying it's okay to drink as long as you don't get drunk, a good chance you'll lose your kids to Satan. Same way if we teach uh, birth control instead of abstinence. Uh, yeah, I I think Dwight is right here that parent, parents are just they're they're more interested in their secular advancement than there are the spiritual advancement. Yeah. Uh, and that's just going to backfire. I think part of setting kids up for success is not to ignore the issues and, and act like it's, well, it's not real. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, you've got to discuss the thing. There's evil out there in the world and it's going to be in the, in the face of us and our kids. And so we might as well tell them about the reality of that and tell them how to avoid it. And, and if they don't, these are the, this is the process that is going to lead you through, and it's and it's not good if we don't take time to explain all that. Then I really think we're just setting them well, up for failure. And and if we and if we fail in that, there's an accountability as parents. Sure. You, uh, as, as Dwight mentioned there, Ephesians six verse four. Pa- fathers, provoke, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That that's a command. That's an instruction. Yeah. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Bring up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, that's a proverb. That's a generally true statement. But it is generally the truth that if you bring them up in the way that they should go, they won't depart when they're old. If they depart from their old, then there's a high probability that they weren't brought up properly. It's not not one-to-one. We understand proverbs are generally true expressions. But i got to tell you, parents, when when your children go astray, parents have got to be concerned that, a lot of the accountability rests on their own shoulders. Agreed. All right. We're going to grab a break. When we come back, we want to talk about a problem that's, I think, not just a problem for young people, but for others as well, the perception that church members are hypocritical. This is causing some young people to leave the faith, and uh, we want to address that. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these uh, uh, messages. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. When you come to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Man, wish I'd said that. Here's a quick thought. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. The psalmist reminds us that the power of God is on display every day. Just look to the sky and consider His handiwork. God is clearly seen by the things He has created. Take time today to look up and consider God's power. Seize the day. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the virtual Bible study. We're talking about reasons why young people are leaving the church from a survey reported in Christianity Today. And we were talking about the fact that the the main reason reported is when they leave home and go off to college is when they are are 
they stop their religious activity. We got some comments in the chat room, I think, Josh. Yeah, David Heim said, uh, when you go on vacation, do you still attend church? Um, and Dwight Michelle responded and said, yes, each and every time, Sunday and Wednesday, this is critical to good parenting. I agree, uh, you know, on personal experience, we try to, if we're going to be gone on a Sunday or Wednesday, try to find a, before we go, we'll yeah, make, sure, you know, make sure there's I a place to worship. Key. Make it a part of the vacation planning. Yeah, yeah that's that's planning before you even leave, you yeah. know, just wait and, uh, is there going to be a place? Um, so I agree. Brian in California uh, says, perhaps we view young adults leaving home for the first time as making immature, innocuous decisions that take them astray. There isn't an innocence to be found. He says Hebrews 3.12 labels as an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. Yeah. So it's not an innocent thing. It's a serious thing. I think you're right, Brian. All right. The, the second commonly reported reason why young people are leaving is a problem not just for young people, but I, I hear people of all ages who report this as being an issue that causes them to lose interest in religion, and that is the perception that church members are hypocritical. What do you think to that, Josh? Um, yeah, there there are hypocrites in the church. Um, I guess where else where else would you find them? I mean, so a person pretending to be righteous when they're not is going to come to the services and they're going to act a certain way there from time to time. You know, we don't want that to be so. We don't we don't invite that. Please be a hypocrite. But at, from time to time, there's going to be people that are hypocritical. But you know, I was thinking about that question. You know, at work, there are people who are hypocrites at work. You know, they claim to be a good employee, but when the boss isn't looking, they're not. Yeah. Does that stop you from going to work, though? I've never heard anybody say, I am not going to work because so-and-so claims to be a good employee. Or there are hypocrites at the grocery store. People are still going to go to the grocery store. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of just an excuse. I think it's it's a pretty easy cop-out. Yeah. Because, as you said, it's it's a known fact that, you know, in reality, any time that I fail to be perfectly the person that God wants me to be, then there's an element of hypocrisy in me because I claim I love the Lord and want to do his will, but in whatever degree, to whatever extent I don't perfectly do the will of God, then then that could be labeled as an act of hypocrisy. And so, yeah, we're all hypocritical to a degree. We're, We're trying to defeat that and eliminate it. Uh, it's, it's an ongoing struggle. It's an ongoing battle. But for me to point to someone else that I'm not going to go to church because he's a hypocrite. So I'm going to take it out on God because he's a hypocrite. You know, what's the logic yeah, of that? It doesn't make sense. Um, I heard a guy once, and I, this is kind of, I don't even know if this makes sense, but he said, so here's God and here's you. And the hypocrite is keeping you from serving God. So try to picture that. God, the hypocrite, you. The hypocrite is keeping you. He's, he's come between you and God. Wait a minute. The hypocrite's closer, closer. to God than you are. <laughs> I don't know if that's a fair way to look at it. But it, it, it just, I think it points to the folly of this allowing hypocrites to keep you from doing. God's not a hypocrite. God hasn't said one thing and done another. Yeah. God is consistently faithful and trustworthy. And so why would I let the hypocrite keep me from serving him? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I thought about when you were just saying that, you know, I, so there's a, there's a person that I perceive as being hypocritical. You know, I don't know their heart. I mean, maybe maybe I do know details and they're not even trying or something in their private life. But 
you know, I could perceive that, oh, they're just being hypocritical and they, they don't even really care, but they're just going to come here and act like, yeah, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know. God does and he'll take care of that. That's not up to me. That's not my business. Uh, you know, my business is to try to help them if I can and do what I'm supposed to do and make sure that I'm right. Uh, and I'm going to fail, like you said, from, from time to time to some degree, but that, Looking at other people and and saying, well, I'm not going to go because of them, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, I think that's exactly right. You know, there were hypocrites in the first century church, uh, and and they're addressed in the inspired scripture. Mm-hmm. But it didn't stop people. It didn't stop faithful Christians from living a devoted life to the Lord. Uh, many of them suffering persecution, even death. Well, if they had let the hypocrites discourage them then they wouldn't have been in, in that predicament. But they were faithful to the Lord. They weren't letting hypocrites come between them and God. Right. Yeah, Jacob uh, has a comment in the chat room. He said, our children's faith has to be more than church. He says, we must do as as Israel. I'm assuming he probably is talking about Deuteronomy 6, teaching children diligently and, and yeah. making sure it's a part of their life, everyday life. Yeah, exactly right. So again, I, I think it's it's it's. I, I really think that's a cop out argument, but it is it is a consistently offered argument. Uh, Kent in Georgia says certainly it is true that some members of local churches are hypocritical. When proper evidence exists of hypocrisy, local churches need to discipline wayward members to encourage them to repent. However, such does not disprove the aspect of individual responsibility. Parents need to instruct their children that all Christians have an individual responsibility to God for faithfulness. Parents also need to teach their children that when we stand before Christ in judgment, that we all as individuals will be judged as individuals and will be held responsible for our individual actions. Obviously, being active in a local New Testament church is crucially important to our faithfulness. However, at the final judgment, we will be judged as individuals, not as local churches. And Dwight says, when we see our Christian family saying one thing and doing another, this is true. This is truly hypocritical and confuses young minds to the point that they want nothing to do with what we call Christianity. When we tell our children not to swear, and yet we may let a swear word slip out or use euphemisms, We are teaching them it's okay for some people to do wrong, but not for the child to do wrong. It's okay for me to smoke, but don't you dare start. What are we teaching our, what, what we are teaching our children is not to be Christians, but to be, uh, to be what the Bible condemns, a hypocrite. I think Dwight's good, uh, right on that. Uh, I think those are good arguments. All right. Anything else you see? Nothing. Chat room or emails? Okay. Hopefully we're streaming again. We've having, we're having some problem with our Internet not staying up. Uh, we were talking about the problem of hypocrisy. It's a great problem. It's hurting young people. It hurts lots of people. And so as Christians, obviously it, is, it behooves us to, to importantly uh, avoid hypocrisy in our lives because it, it, although it, sh- it should not be used as an excuse, people still do use it as an excuse. It keeps them from serving God faithfully. We're going to take a quick break. We'll try to regroup here. We're going to continue to talk about some of these main reasons why young people are leaving the church. We're going to continue our study right after this break. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. 
I'm Joel Gwynn, and a member of the College View Church of Christ with something for you to think about regarding our children. A survey published in the periodical Pulpit Helps analyzed the question of faithfulness among the children of churchgoers. The results are interesting. It was found that faithfulness in kids was not a function of the size of the congregation, the number of classes and special programs sponsored by the church, the effectiveness of the youth minister. Instead, here is what was discovered. In cases where both parents were faithful, and active, 93% of their children remained faithful to their religious training. When only one parent was faithful and active, the percentage dropped to 73%. When parents were only reasonably active, attended services, but that's all, their kids remained faithful only 53% of the time. And finally, when the parents attended the assemblies only infrequently, the children's endured at a mere 6% level. The results of this survey are interesting, but not terribly surprising. We've known all along that people, including children, often learn more from example than from the words they hear. That's why Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5:16. Parents, have you considered applying Jesus' concept right there in your own home? Are you letting your light shine before your kids? Survey results. Our own common sense and the Bible tells us that this is the only hope that we have to bring them up fearing God. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. In this age of modern media, we have unprecedented opportunities to look at, listen to, and participate in evil things. And with the rapid advance of technology, we can engage in these evil deeds with relative anonymity. In years gone by, if there was a desire to engage in these sordid and sinful activities, it was necessary to go out in public places to do so. Pornography was available, but only at newsstands and the like. Filthy movies were out there, but you had to go to the XXX movie house to see them. No more. A person can sit in front of his computer screen and quickly access via the Internet all manner of pornography, and no one can see him do it. Chat rooms allow perverted persons the ability to openly discuss their twisted passions with total strangers, and they are out of public view when they're doing so. With cable and satellite TV, it is possible to receive all manner of filthy programming and watch it right there in the privacy of your own home. This new accessibility with anonymity has already served as a downfall to many, including not a few Christians. We all need to be on guard about this powerful temptation. Never forget that God in heaven sees and knows all that you think and do. Ecclesiastes 12.14 says, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Hebrews 4 verse 13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Are you engaged in things that you would not want others to find out about? If so, you should know two things. First, God already knows. And secondly, in the final judgment, everyone will know, for he will, quote, bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Christian, be careful. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. Apologies for some internet connectivity issues that we're having. I, I know that you, uh, some of you have been in and out and on and off. Uh, and so we're going to try to continue our discussion of things that are causing young people to leave the church. Uh, you, we've got a, we, we've had to restart our YouTube, YouTube live stream. And so the only way you're going to catch that is if, if you are able to refresh your browser so you can see that. And I think Josh is trying to get that word out on the chat room. Uh, if, if you're not seeing us, obviously you can't take any of our coaching to refresh your page. But hopefully if you're in the chat room, you can see uh, those messages. All right. 
Reminders that uh, Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week for the College View Church of Christ. For more information about the College View Church of Christ, go to our website, collegeview.com. Remember to spell College View, C-O-L-L-E-G-E-V-U-E, collegeview.com. Uh, if you're anywhere close in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to visit our services. All kinds of information about the College View Church are found at the website. All right, we're going to continue to try to work our way through some of these things that are causing young people to to leave the church. The next one, I am not exactly sure how to interpret what this expression means, Josh. Disconnect with church life. I assume they mean Christian living, the type of life that you you should live, church I, I, that's just well. What I, 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 I'm wondering if I'm wondering if it suggests the idea that now their realm of contact, their social circle, is not in the church. Now their realm of social contact context is or con, connection right. is with people of the world. They've gone off yeah. to college. That makes sense. And so now they're not among people who share religious faith. They're among people who have a, a different kind of social interest. And so they're disconnected from church life. They're connected with a, a social right. life in a, different, uh, in a different circle of friends. I, re, I, I imagine that that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Now, if that is the, the right interpretation of that expression, disconnect with church life, it tells me again that there's been a problem with a, with the way we've trained kids in choosing their friends, uh, you know, there's there's hardly anything more important in any of our lives than than the than the influence of the people that we are around. Uh, we we've got to be tremendously careful to choose to be around the right kind of people, and it, and if we don't. Uh, that's that's going to hurt us spiritually, and it's certainly going to hurt our young people. First sure. uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three says, "Be not deceived; evil communications corrupt good manners." That's the King James version. I think the New American Standard version says, "Evil companions corrupt good morals." Uh, and that's always been true. Paul said that two thousand years ago. It was true back then. It's still true today. And so, if 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 Young people allow themselves to become disconnected from their church associations, people who have spiritual values, and they begin to uh, uh, relate to people who live for the world. And sure, they're going to yeah. leave the church. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never think about that verse without remembering I got in trouble at school when I was pretty young, and and my dad made me memorize that verse because yeah. I was hanging out with people I shouldn't be hanging out with. Yeah. I got in trouble. I mean, <laughs> it worked. It, it, it is true. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about Proverbs 13 and verse 20. It says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Yeah. Now, if you, if you hang around people that are interested in spiritual things, then you're going to be focusing more on spiritual things. But if you hang around people that are not, the, the tendency is going to be rather than you pulling them up, they're, probably going to be pulling you down and pulling you away and so yeah. we got to be careful about who we spend our spend our free time with yeah exactly i remember a number of years ago again when we were having regular contact with students at ut in knoxville uh there was a young lady who was really struggling spiritually she brought a guy with her to church uh, out of the blue 
he was a nice guy, uh, and, and, he, and he didn't have any axe to grind. And just he volunteered that they he had met this girl at a bar. She was Christian, but she was going to the bar. Well, if, if you have that kind of disconnect from church mm-hmm. life, you're gonna you're gonna fail. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's what happens too often. Uh, let, let's see what our emailers say here. Uh, Dwight says. Excuse me, this is Kent. Kent says, it's important that Christians stay connected to the local church. If Christians fail to stay connected, such will have a negative effect on their children. Salvation in Christ is found in the universal extension of the New Testament church, and continued salvation by means of faithfulness is found in the local extension of the local church. I have known of situations where it seems that individuals converted to a local church rather than to Christ. When such occurs, those individuals become unfaithful because their connection is with the local church where they're no longer identified rather than they're, than being identified with Christ. I think I catch what Dwight's, or excuse me, what Kent is saying there. So if I'm, if, if my commitment is to this local church, but I move away to go to college, well, I don't, I'm not around this local church anymore. And I don't have a, I don't have that connection. At yeah. that other place. So meeting and, new and, people and new Christians. And the problem was my commitment should have been to Christ, right. not to the local church. Yeah. So that when I leave this local church, as, as almost inevitably it will happen at some point, right. I'm going to find a new body of believers to associate with in another geographical location. I'm going to do that because my commitment is to Christ. Yeah. Right? Well, it's a big family, too. So yeah. you, you get there and like, these people have the same or should have the same mindset and same yeah. goals and same, yeah. uh, you know, same function. Dwight says sometimes we get disconnected with people in general, new sight of the big picture. When we disconnect with our church family, we do not get the encouragement we need to remain strong. Besides the scriptures and other Christians, we have the world and Satan continually tugging and trying to bring us down. We need each other and we need to stay connected with our children and make sure that, that when they leave home, they are close to a good sound church and follow up with them on how things are going at worship services. Get to know the church yourself to show your children you have an interest in where they are. I think those are all really good points by Dwight. You know, so here, even to this extent, Josh, so my kid is thinking about going off to college. He's got some options here. One of the places is good school, great great reputation. There's no faithful local church in that town. If he goes there, he's going to be 50 miles away from the nearest yeah. church where he could worship. I'm not going to let him go there. It's got to be taken off the list. Yeah, take that off the list. I'm not going to yeah. let him go there, right? Yeah. Uh, so we got to help lead our kids in making decisions that will allow them to stay connected with faithful people of God. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, the, that piece of paper, you get a degree, means a lot here in the world. But, you know, on the day of judgment, the, the Lord is not going to be concerned where my bachelor's degree came from, you know. And, and so I think that's a I think that's a great point. Real quickly, let's grab one more before we go to a break. Uh, another reason young people leave the church is lack of student ministry opportunities. I think I know what this means. There's not enough parties for the young people, you know. They're not, there's not enough fun and games being organized and carried out, you know. Uh, not enough softball, not enough volleyball, not enough pizza parties, you know. Uh, I'm saying the reason why that's a problem now is because we, we let them grow to expect that sort of thing in the past, and we should have never 
In other words, where's their faith? I think this speaks, by the way, to the failure of youth programs. Oh, for sure. You know, so so if there's not, so they're leaving the church because there's not enough programs. Well, why haven't the programs they already were in? Why haven't they instilled yeah. a measure of faith in these yeah. kids? I, I think this really speaks to the failure of of these youth programs. Uh, I, I found an article. This is an old article, and I've had it in my files for a while. Uh, Frank Himmel wrote this article, and and the title of it was "Abandoned Youth Ministries," and he he references uh, uh, an article which interviewed Lagarde, F. Lagarde Smith, who was at the time scholar in residence for Christian studies at David Lipscomb University in Nashville. I think most of our listeners will recognize David Lipscomb University in Nashville is ultra liberal. Smith was asked what he would say if he had the undivided attention of every member of Churches of Christ for 10 full minutes. He, in his answer, he said, quote, I would call on the church to abandon youth ministries, which have toppled the spiritual hierarchy. Throughout Scripture, spiritual leadership is not only male, but it's elder. It's the wisdom of the years that leads and nurtures young, younger generation." Abundant recreational activities and shallow entertaining instruction uh, will, will lead young people to expect these things even as adults. When they become adults, will they immediately consider themselves too old for church-sponsored recreation? Will they suddenly insist on more sober worship and meteor preaching? Of course not. As a result, today's adult church has in many cases become just as slightly just a slightly toned down version of yesterday's youth church. Special meetings for young people, the call for certain speakers whose presentations are more entertaining, the truth is slightly repackaged, less Bible reading and exposition, more stories and humor, the lessons that are most, uh, mostly application with content limited to relevant daily living themes, parents provide ample food and entertainment, and this this guy, who was a who was a professor at a very liberal Church of Christ, if you can yeah. use that terminology, uh, university, <laughs> he's saying it's failed. It's an ultimate yeah. failure. He's right. And and the fact that these kids would argue the reason they're leaving the church because they don't not have enough programs for them yeah. indicates the yeah. level of that failure. I know. I mean, it's 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 sickening. Well, I, I had a preacher say one time that. Um, you know, if you hot dog them in, the church down the road will hamburger them out. You know, yeah. whatever you convert them with, that's what you converted them to. So when you give them fun and games and you get them in, take the fun and games away and see if they stay. Well, of course they're not going to stay because exactly. we haven't converted them with the gospel. We've converted them with fun and games. Exactly. And that's why Paul said in Romans one sixteen, he's not ashamed of the gospel. It's yeah. the power of God and the salvation. So, you know, I mean, I like to eat hamburgers, <laughs> but yeah. that's not what we're about here. We're about... Uh, giving people the gospel and teaching that to them, and that will convert people, not fun and games. I think you're exactly right. All right, let's grab our last break. When we go to the top of the hour, we're going to talk about kids are leaving the church because they disagree with the church's stance on political and social issues like racism and homosexuality. Uh, I think that's really something important to talk about, and we're going to get to that uh, when we come back and go to the top of the hour after this break. Are you listening? There's going to be a test so, on this stuff. Stay tuned. Room. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A recent survey asked Americans, how often do you read the Bible? The results were these. Every day, 
four plus times per week, 13%. Once a week, 9%. Once a month, 6%. Three or four times a year, 7%. Once or twice a year, 8%. And therefore, that necessarily suggests that 42% of Americans never read the Bible. That information is via statista.com. The Word of God says in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. We're going to the top of the hour talking about reasons why young people are leaving the church. The the next reason given was disagreements over the church's stance on political and social issues like race relations. And they said LGBTQ I, I don't like to use that terminology. I just say homosexual, homosexuality. They disagree with what the church says about race. What do we say about race? Well, they, they disagree with our, our stance on race. What is our stance on race? How could they disagree with our stance on race? Uh, you know, we, we believe and teach what the Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter said when he went to Cornelius' household in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Uh, in the book of James, in James chapter 2, the, the idea of partiality, uh, preferential treatment, prejudice is is condemned uh he says uh if you have respect of persons and if you're partial become judges of evil thoughts verse four uh uh, if you have respect of persons verse nine you commit sin so uh uh, that's what we teach uh what would we teach differently than that that would be now are we perfect in application? In other words, are all Christians free from racial prejudice? I don't think so. I think we've made huge advances in my lifetime. Because when I was a kid, I think a lot of Christians were pretty horribly racist. And I'm not saying we're free of racism today. But I'll tell you, we've made huge advances. And the way we advance that agenda is by teaching what the Bible says. Yeah. If we show respect to persons, we're guilty of sin. And and therefore, we, we, we stress that message. I think we do. And 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 therefore, you know, I, I think it's I think that, again, this is an excuse, not a legitimate reason. I, I don't think that in churches today that w- that we are teaching a racist position. I think they did in the past. Yeah, I don't think we do today. Yeah. And what about homosexual uh rights well we teach that homosexuality is a sin now if they disagree with us on that i we we can't change that message homosexuality is sin we've we've recently talked about it on the virtual bible study it is just plainly a sin internet went down 
It's down again. Yeah. The, all right. Let's just, let's keep, let's keep going. At least we'll have a uh, we'll continue, even though we're having internet con- connectivity problems. We'll at least have an MP3 we can put out there, Josh <laughs> or uh, uh, Kyle. All right. So again, we, we can't water down the message on uh, homosexuality. Uh, uh, the scriptures are plain about that. Homosexuality is a sin. If young people don't agree with us about that, then it's a problem with them being willing to submit to biblical authority. And that's that's really all we can say. I mean, we we can't change that. Uh, Kent in Georgia says uh, what is often referred to as political and social issues is really just ethical or, or in reality, ethical, moral issues. The scriptures clearly indicate that the stand of all Christians in all local churches must it states what the stand of all Christians and local churches must be. Certainly, we need to be careful not to become racist, as such is sinful. Homosexuality, on the other hand, is sinful and condemned in the Bible. We dare not endorse such or lend our influence in any way favorably towards such. This does not mean that we are to hate, seek to do harm in any way toward those who practice these sins. Never, and neither does it mean that we should deny constitutional rights as individuals to those who are involved in the sin of homosexuality. We must patiently present the truth of God to such individuals and kindly encourage them to give up such lifestyles, repent, and obey the gospel of Christ. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Dwight says... Uh, we as a church need to have disagreements talked about and worked out. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 2 verses 1 through 4 uh, talks about uh, being like-minded, uh, not looking out for our own interests. So, uh, in other words, the, the thing to do is, so if you, if, if I think what Dwight is saying is if a young person disagrees with what we teach on homosexuality, Say so, let's sit down and open our Bibles. And, and if, if they're honest and if they're a, a, a worthy student, they're going to be able to see that the Bible plainly condemns it. Well, that's the right but, approach. But we shouldn't, they shouldn't just walk off because right. they disagree. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Real quickly, the, the last reason they gave was school obligations and or work responsibilities. So I think, again, Josh, this is just a problem that we haven't trained our kids in priorities, right spiritual priority. School is important. It's not important as important as God. Work is important. It's Mm -hmm. not as important as God. And, and, you know, but, but, but the problem is I think parents are not being consistent in this. So if I let my kid, so my, my 16 year old has got a a burger flipping job at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I let him miss services to flip burgers at McDonald's. So what's he going to learn? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my kid's got a big test tomorrow at school. He really, really, really needs to study for this test. But it's Wednesday night. I'm going to let him stay home from church tonight and study because it's such a big test tomorrow. What am I teaching my kids when these yeah. were? I'm teaching them compromise. Right. Flawed priorities. And it's, it won't be surprising that when they are on their own making their own decisions, they're going to go with that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because work is commanded. God wants us to work and provide for our families. Uh, but there's a proper uh, level of importance to everything, and God's got to be at the top. And so uh, just like with everything else, you know, I can't let I can't let that order get out of balance or I'm going to get myself into trouble. And so, uh, 
you know, a young person leaving to go to school or go get a job, you know, we're going to be working the rest of our lives, but, you know, things have to be in their proper place. Yeah. And so sometimes that's a challenge, uh, but, yeah, that's not an excuse to just quit. No, exactly right. Uh, Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says, we must recognize both school and work responsibilities by accomplishing those obligations. Uh, we, we recognize that we should accomplish those obligations, but we also must recognize uh, divine obligations to the Lord, obligations as a Christian to, and to Christ, obligations as a Christian to Christ must come first. Exactly right. And Dwight in Iowa says, school and work, once our kids leave home, these choices are theirs to make. Will I work overtime to make more money and miss services? Will I get involved in school activities that will not allow me to make it to Bible study? Will I move to a place for work or school that will really help me in the long run? But there's no sound church there. We as parents need to start young, teaching our kids the importance of putting God first in everything that we do. And I think that that is exactly right. All right. Uh, We've really become disjointed, and we're just about out of time. I had a couple of other questions, but they were all tied into these arguments that we've been making, Josh. Number two, do you think that more programs for young people is the answer to the problem? I really think we addressed that. And, And I think it's interesting that even... Some of our more liberal brethren are recognizing the failure of youth programs. It's not getting the job done, and young people are not being grounded in the faith in that way. Uh, finally, what, what do we do to prevent our young people from losing their faith? Uh, uh, Kent says, the greatest effort we can make in salvaging young people is for the home to accept the God-given role in child-rearing. The local church is not in the business of child rearing. However, the local church can accomplish, uh, can, can be a help to that work. Uh, and, and, and he goes a little bit more into that. I think he's right. Uh, Dwight says, uh, be there to help them. They're going to make mistakes. Teach them how to make their wrongs right. Teach them humility. I think that's an important lesson for sure. Start all of these things at a very early age and set the right example yourself. I think all of that is exactly right. So this is a real problem. Young people are leaving the faith. We know that. And and, and obviously, I think this survey is taken from a denominational point of view. But we're seeing it among young people in churches of Christ and among some of our own brethren. It's a concerning trend, and, and I think that we need to be on top of that. And ultimately, parents have got to instill a deep faith in the Lord while they have that window of opportunity to do mm-hmm. so. Yeah, totally agree. All right. We're just, we're just out of time. I want to apologize again for the fact that we had a lot of Internet connectivity problems. If you are trying to watch on YouTube, you're going to have two different segments there that, that you'll have to kind of flip between to catch it all. If you're going to listen to uh, the podcast or the MP3 of this program, obviously there's going to be uh, some back chatter as we try to correct these issues. We apologize for all of that, uh, but hopefully we, we have been able to get across uh, some important observations on a very essential subject. Josh, thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kyle, thanks for your help. It was good. Good study. All right. Thanks, everybody. Lord willing, we'll be back next Thursday night. Hopefully, we'll have a better Internet connection next Thursday night, Lord willing. Until that time, read and study your Bible every day. Live by it. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com.